So, as I'm sure you probably know, this is part two of a two-part episode about the cult of Tony Alamo. In order to understand what's going on, you should definitely go and listen to the last episode of Unnatural Acts in the Natural State. Now, I also want to give a reminder to you guys that this is some of the heaviest stuff I've talked about on the show, and a lot of it could be triggering to you. If you are sensitive to subjects like sexual abuse, sexual violence, or pedophilia, this could be triggering for you. Now, the show is here to entertain and to inform, but never to hurt the listeners. If you can't listen to this and need to turn the podcast off, you are not going to hurt my feelings. If you, yourself, are a victim of sexual abuse, I have two things for you. Number one, you are not alone. I love you, and there are resources for you. Number two, I'm going to provide you with the Suicide Prevention Hotline number and the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Suicide Prevention is 1-800-273-8255, and the National Sexual Assault Hotline is 1-800-656-4673. Those numbers will be in the description of this episode. Again, I love crime stories and darker things, but I genuinely care about the safety of the people, and if you are suffering, do what you gotta do to get help. I gotta tell you, I had a hard time writing parts of this script, and it gets pretty freaking heavy. If you are suffering, remember that you are not alone. Even if you don't have anybody else to talk to, you can even reach out to me. You can DM me on my social media anytime, and I will be there. There is no reason why you should suffer in silence. Please get help. If this is something that you won't be able to listen to comfortably, turn back now. If you think it's not too much for you, then please listen with caution. You've been warned. Up next, the continued abuse of Tony Alamo, coming up on Unnatural Acts in the Natural State. Brought to you by Mike's Auto and Diesel. Give them a call at 479-234-9513. A maniac. A raving thing. A cruel eye studying you. There is a fifth dimension. Beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. We all go a little mad sometimes. This is Unnatural Acts in the Natural State. So, if you've been following the story up until now, you know that Tony Alamo was a sick and twisted individual. Despite this though, in the public eye he was seen as nothing more than maybe your average everyday weirdo, if that. Of course, nobody suspected him a criminal. That is, until 1991 when he was convicted guilty of non-payment of taxes, of all things, and sentenced to six months in prison. Even though he was locked up in jail, he was still controlling the church and all of his businesses. Ben Risha, his adopted son, whom we learned about in the last episode, was placed in charge of the mail and paperwork and confined to a small office on the compound. It's so crazy to me that even though Tony was literally in federal prison, he was still forcing children into working for him. One day, Ben was going through files in the office when he came across files on some of the group members. While doing this, he accidentally stumbles upon a file containing a picture of his mother. This was the first time he had ever seen his own mother's face. See, Tony had told him that his mother and father, who left the cult shortly after Ben's mother, had both died. He had lied to him about his parents his whole life. So, when Ben saw the picture of his mother, he spiraled. He became obsessed with finding out more about his parents. After making several phone calls all over the place, he finally got a hold of his father and talked to him on the phone, telling him, I gotta get out of this place. I thought you were dead. I thought mom was dead. Ben's father told him that if he could make it to the Fort Smith airport, that there would be a ticket there waiting for him. So, 
On the day Ben plans on getting on the plane, he calls a cab and pays the driver extra to hustle him to the airport. But Tony catches wind of Ben's escape plan and sends another one of his followers to the airport, chasing Ben on the way there. By the time he caught up with Ben, he was already on the tarmac and couldn't go any further as he didn't have a ticket. What he did have was a phone, which had Tony on the line waiting to talk to Ben. Tony pleaded with Ben not to leave, trying to entice him by saying things like, you can marry anybody you want and you can go anywhere you want, just come back. Ben hands the phone back to him saying, tell him he's a liar. My mom and dad are alive and I'm gonna go live with them. And then he turned around and walked onto the plane like a gangster. Upon leaving and meeting his mom, he learns that she had been trying to contact him for years, even hiring private investigators. When Tony would hear about this, he would fly Ben away or move him somewhere else. Tony did everything to keep the truth from Benjamin. Things in the compound and life for the members continued to get worse and worse. Again, I'm gonna give another disclaimer. This part of the story is horrible. This is your last warning. Tony began to take a liking to polygamy. Polygamy, if you don't know, is the practice of marrying multiple wives. He was writing about it and teaching it in his cult, even while he was in prison. He even used the Bible to justify it. And he also used it to justify pedophilia. Every single one of these girls were underage, some as young as eight years old. Tony Alamo had several underage wives and wasn't even ashamed to admit it. He even noted that he had a right to it because he was a quote, man of God. There are countless stories of his abuse. One story that comes to mind is that of Pebbles Rodriguez. Pebbles Rodriguez and her mother moved from New York where her mother was having a hard time financially. When she heard about the Alamo ministry from a friend, she, like many other members of the cult, saw it as a way out. Pebbles' mother would have all of her bills paid and all she would have to do is work for Tony, and she would be provided with a place to live and all her bills paid for herself and her child daughter. In 1998, when Pebbles, now only 12 years old, goes to visit Tony in prison along with a group of younger girls, she's kind of poked and prodded. Adults and children alike were saying things to her like, he would like that on you, in regards to like the clothes she was wearing, and he likes your hair parted to the side, which is so creepy. Of course, this made Pebbles uncomfortable, but she didn't really have a choice. You gotta remember, Tony is still in prison at the time. I mean, her and her mother's lives and livelihoods were all dependent on this man, whom they only knew through stories and pre-recorded church services from prison. As she's leaving that first prison visit, she turns around to see Tony Alamo kissing these little girls on the lips. What a sicko. And Pebbles starts to have nightmares where she's forced to marry Tony. Now, in this cult, dreams are a huge deal. They're taught that dreams are signs and visions from God. She confides in a friend of hers, Amy Eddy, who urges her to tell someone in the church, seeing it as important. The next week, they visit Tony again and Pebbles is called to sit by him. She confesses that she had a dream that they had gotten married. Tony tells her that this was a sign from God and that now she has to marry him. Tony, mind you, is a 60-year-old man. Disgusting. Her friend from earlier, Amy, tells her that she, too, is a wife of Tony's and that all of those little girls who are visiting him are his wives. Could you imagine the fear that Pebbles must have felt at the thought of becoming 60-year-old Tony Alamo's wife? Like, she was having nightmares just at the thought of it, and now she's being told that she has no choice. And everybody in the church, the people who are supposed to be protecting them, adults, just had no problem with this. Could you imagine being so 
brainwashed. Even the children were taught that this was not only okay, but godly as well. Unfortunately, Pebbles was far from the first girl to fall victim to Tony's manipulation. Her friend from earlier, Amy Eddy, spent her whole life up until this point in the cult. Her mother joined before Amy was born and believed that Tony was a prophet of God. Her mother even told her, and this is no lie, the only person you'll ever marry is Tony Alamo. This is a mother saying this to an 11-year-old girl, and she forced her into it. And a lot of parents did the same thing. It was a common practice. It was even considered an honor for Tony to marry your child. If that doesn't make you feel a little sick to your stomach, I don't know if you're understanding me right. Tony Alamo brainwashed several parents to not only allow, but encourage Tony to molest their children. He even brainwashed 12-year-old Pebbles that if she tells her mother about the marriage, that her mother would go to hell. When Tony got out of prison, he was met with several of his underage wives. He took them into his mansion, and he molested them, one by one. Unnatural Axe will be right back after this word from our sponsor. Hey man, do you have automotive problems? You gotta stop by Mike's Auto and Diesel at 918 Highway 71 South here in Mina. You know, the building with the wing mural on the side. Mike and Sarah Slay, that's right, their name is Slay. They're your go-to guys for all your automotive repair needs. Mike, a Texas transplant, started working on cars in 1970 in his dad's shop when he was only seven years old. He rebuilt his first motor when he was only 12. But just because he grew up in his dad's shop in Texas doesn't mean he doesn't know Mina. He's been coming here for years since he was a kid. Mike and Sarah Slay love Mina and the wonderful community here, and they're ready to work for you. He's an ASE certified master, senior L1 advanced level service technician. Now, I don't know what that means myself, but I think it means my man knows his stuff. They do everything from classic cars to modern cars, heavy equipment like tractors to small engines. If you can drive it, they can fix it. He also does stuff like AC and heating, electrical work, and even rebuilds carburetors, which nobody in Mina does. And he does it well, man. Man, are you tired of that six-week waiting time you got with other shops? Mike's Auto and Diesel does it in a day. So get on over there to Mike's Auto and Diesel at 918 Highway 71 South here in Mina. The shop with that big jacked up car in the front and the angel wing mural on the side of the building. Give them a call at 479-234-9513. Again, that's 479-234-9513. Check them out on Facebook at Mike's Auto and Diesel. And ask them about their Dogecoin and cryptocurrency. Man, they're crazy about that stuff. Mike's Auto and Diesel. They slay the competition. Eh? Hey, you see what I did there? Because their last name is Slay? I thought it was funny. Anyway, now back to the show. And this went on for well over a decade, all in Falk, Arkansas. Mental, physical, and sexual abuse. Now, on this show, we've talked about ghosts and criminals and murders and such, but I don't think we'll ever find another monster like Tony Alamo in Arkansas. Despite the years of being told that leaving the cult or telling people about what happened within it would result in being sent to hell, finally, Amy Eddy found the courage to leave. At the age of 22 years old, she reunites with her father in Oklahoma City and contacts the FBI. This leads them to finding other former child brides of Alamo. In 2008, the FBI raids the Alamo Ministries compound in Falk, Arkansas. By chance, he's at the California compound with now 25-year-old Pebbles. Numerous news and media sources are reaching out to them, and instead of lying or trying to hide his actions, he doesn't deny anything. 
he tells reporters that not only does the Bible condone polygamy, but pedophilia too. The feds track him and pebbles to a hotel in Flagstaff, Arizona, where he was on the run, and Tony Alamo was arrested. Tony is sentenced to a total of 175 years in prison. In the end, he served just seven years of his sentence before dying at the age of 82. Unfortunately, this isn't the end of Tony Alamo, though. Tony still has hundreds of his followers still here in Arkansas and California. Despite being outed as a polygamist pedophile, he is still viewed by his followers as their savior and a prophet. And they also believe that one day, he will be resurrected. Hey, thanks for listening to Unnatural Acts in the Natural State. Be sure to follow us and other awesome shows on Facebook, Instagram, MySpace. Well, probably not in MySpace. But check us out. We're the Washita Podcast. That's podcast plural. Also, be sure to check out the other amazing shows at thewashitapodcast.com. That's again, podcast plural. With an S. At the end of it. Someone should really look into that MySpace thing. Brought to you by Mike's Auto and Diesel. Give them a call at 479-234-9513. For research for this episode, I used pewforum.org, expertgps.asp, People Magazine's documentary about the cult, encyclopediaofarkansas.net, and an article from the Texarkana Gazette. Links for my sources are, as always, in the description, along with the Suicide Prevention Hotline and the National Sexual Assault Hotline. If you are suffering, please get help. Script written by and all audio production by myself, Trey Youngdahl. Check out my website, treyyoungdahl.com. That's T-R-E-Y-Y-O-U-N-G-D-A-H-L.com. Follow me on Facebook at Trey Youngdahl. That's T-R-E-Y-Y-O-U-N-G-D-A-H-L. Keep the shameless plug going by following me on Instagram at youngish.tray. That's Y-O-U-N-G-I-S-H dot Thanks for listening, and remember to stay safe and stay spooky.